What's up guys, this is Corey Baker from Baker Forge and Tool. In my business, we do tons of heavy grinding every single day, and we needed a grinder that could take abuse and keep on trucking without slowing down billet production. The Ameribraid Variable Speed 2x72 is just that. All heavy duty parts and framing with well thought out accessories that are easy to use and not bogged down with lots of tiny parts. By far the best accessory item that Ameribraid sells is their surface grinding attachment. It is absolutely foolproof and the best in the industry. With quick release magnet system, there is no prying your workpiece off the platen. Very fast to slap a billet or a knife onto the table, engage magnets, and start surfacing with precise increments. On top of all of this, their customer support is outstanding. Eric and Kevin are always available and fast to help with any situation. If you're in the market for a top-of-the-line grinder or maybe just an accessory to add to your existing setup, go to Ameribraid.com and use the code HUSTLE100 for 100 bucks off any grinder package. All right, next up, the Hustle & Grind Podcast. What's going on, everybody? We're back again for another week. You got me, Ryan Chadbourne, Knifeworks. I'm here with a down and out, very not feeling good Noah Bloomberg of the Antioch River Forge. And this week, we got a short notice drop in guest, the Gordian Key Forge. What's up, buddy? Finally get hey, to meet hey, you what's face happening? to face. Yes, sir. We communicate enough. <laughs> we, we literally talk every day about <laughs> MMA. Or we just send each other funny reels, but it's good to have you on, man. Um, let's start right out with, uh, for comedy fans out there, you got a sword to the Legion of Scam. Uh, yes, I did. And they, uh, they awesome. played it on the show, did a whole thing. It was awesome. And it's but I'm cool for me. I'm following that up. Go ahead. Oh, uh, it's cool for me because. I'm a fan of theirs, so I see my buddy's sword on their table every right. episode now. <laughs> no, they didn't have it on there the episode after the one that they showed it. So I was like, oh, fuck, maybe they're just, uh, you know, going to keep it in the back. But then every episode after that, it's been on it, which is awesome. Yeah, nice. So what were you going to say? You're, uh... So they, you uh, got... Legion of Skanks is uh, all ran by Gas Digital Studios, and they have a bunch of different shows on there. Comedian by the name of Zach Amico. I'm a fan of his show, Zach Amico's Midnight Spook Show. But I made this for him. I'll try to get my camera's not the best, but I'll see what you can see here. It's oh, all dear. about horror movies and stuff. So it's got all the famous villains on oh, there. Oh, jeez. Big old chopper. And on the other side, I made some art with his face on it, a little horror stuff. Nice. This you're uh, you're pouring those handles, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. I'm doing like a little hybrid resin thing. So, for those of you just listening to the audio version of this, he just held up this gigantic, evil-looking oh, chopper <laughs> with uh, with some very interesting, detailed scales that had all different movie villain uh, faces poured into the resin scales. It's a little hard to see, yeah, but yes, I, I, did, I did see a ski mask on there at the very least. Yeah, we yeah, got a trade in the works too. His uh, yes, he sir. makes like you make like a lot of. It's really opposite from my style, which I like. I like to see like all different things in my feed, and yours is a very like rough, brutal. Like I'm gonna chop somebody's fucking head off with this thing. 
type I'm style. I'm starting to come into my own as a style. Yeah. How, how long yeah, you been making? Uh, two years, January 15th. So I'm about a little over a year and a half. Oh, wow. Nice. Nice. Very nice. Yeah, loving it, man. That's all I want to do. And you're, yeah, you're forging too. You're not, you're not stock removal like me. Both. Oh, you're doing both. both. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. The stock removal is a lot faster, but uh, with what I'm trying to make, sometimes I got to bust out the anvil anyways. Right. Yeah. Cause you do those like nice guards over the fingers. Yeah. And integral like, guards that... twisted. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of got to yeah, use it's a whole lot of for that. Right. What got you, uh, what got you started? Uh, the fucking show, man. Am I allowed to swear <laughs> on here? I'm assuming so, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're all right. I've listened to a bunch of episodes, but I don't recall, but, uh, yeah, Forge of Fire. I've been obsessed with, you know, weapons as a kid. Uh, I've heard you say on a couple episodes ago, running around as a kid with a stick, you hit your buddy in the back while he was on a bike. I was the same guy. Anything I can pick up and swing, I'm swinging it. Uh, when I watched the show, I realized I didn't need all that much to get started. So I bought a bunch of cheap stuff, uh, fooled around with it, just fell in love with it. I uh, just started spending a bunch of money on tools and here I am now having fun. Yeah, it is the world's most expensive hobby. <laughs> yeah. That's for yeah. sure. I'm glad the wife is cool with it too. She sees how you gotta uh, have motivated a motivation in life. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's pretty pretty tough to do something like this without the support of your your wife behind you. Yeah. I, I, I that seems to be a common trend. Yeah, yeah. At least you gave her half. I took the whole garage. <laughs> <laughs> she wouldn't have that. <laughs> no. I got you all beat. I'm in a 12 by 20 shop and my wife has a 30 by 30 shop. So damn, uh, she, she, she's happy. Yeah. She, she works on bigger stuff than me. She does like furniture and stuff like that. So oh, she nice. was trying to do that. She was trying to do that in the small shop. And I'm like, babe, this doesn't make any sense. Like I make knives that are like 14 inches long overall. And you're working on a 12 foot table like that. It just seems wrong. So we ended up switching yeah, my, shops uh... and now I'm in the little one. Hey, whatever works, right? Yeah, buddy. It forces me to clean in order to be able to move around in there mm. and stuff. So, yeah, I'm a mess right so now. Got, so you got started on Forge and Fire. Was there anything else you did before that that kind of lended itself to making or any kind of creative outlet? Not or a anything? thing, man. Not a thing. I've always been creative, um, but no, nothing at all. No metalwork, really. No woodwork besides a little bit in high school. Uh, yeah, man. Just trial and error, job? basically, and, and determination. I am account manager for a company that distributes a specific energy drink. So basically, I drive around in a big old truck every day. I go to different stores trying to sell the product, and I race my ass back home so I can Got get you. into here. Is that one the real work? You know. You said a specific energy drink. I assume that means you don't want to name it. Is it something we've heard of? It doesn't matter. It's Red Bull. Oh, <laughs> it doesn't nice. really matter. It's not like this is an offensive podcast or anything. The problem is, is I listen to so many offensive podcasts. I'm just used to being like, oh, maybe I shouldn't say anything. <laughs> no worries, man. No worries. I'm glad that we're not offensive. I, 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 uh, I don't know what, what offensive qualifies as, but uh, we're not political. Well, we'll see what, what happens mean. once we get into Florida, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, they're, they're a little Manor. mile. Are we doing a Florida man or this or time. that? Uh, well, sure. we got a little bit of this or that, and we got a little bit of uh, uh, where in the world is Florida man. So no fake news today. Um, 
actually, let's just jump right into the, or this or that. I usually, so for the listeners, um, we we tried to do an episode yesterday, and uh, we brought on. Excuse me, I'm I'm really not feeling good, so my voice is a little bit jacked up. So I apologize for the way that I sound. Um, but we tried to bring on uh, Ryan Moeller from uh, Woodby Moeller, and he is one of my favorite drug dealers. Um, if you're a knife maker, you probably have a similar addiction to what I do, and you buy way more handle scales than you need. Um, and he's one of my favorites. Um, and we had, we started to have a really great conversation. We just had so many technical issues. And in the end we had to scrap the audio. Um, so we definitely didn't want to give you guys a subpar podcast. So we decided to reschedule with Ryan. Um, and we'll, we'll try and get that, that to happen at a later date. Um, so normally I try to make these, this or that questions somewhat specific to our guest. Unfortunately, on such short notice and me being sick, I haven't had time to prepare. So, um, I'm just going to throw these out there. Uh, John, if you've heard the show before, you know that this is a rapid fire question. You've got two options and, uh, you just got to pick one or the other. And, uh, some of them might not apply to you. And I I apologize for that, but, uh, let's go ahead and, uh, jump right in here. You ready? Let's do it. Ketchup or ranch? Ketchup. Synthetic or natural? Natural. Sort by price or sort by rating? Price. Crunchy or smooth peanut butter? Crunchy. Oh, morning person or not, Al? Not really, no. Morning person or, or night owl? Oh, night owl. Uh, night owl. Gotcha. For sure. An- Android or iPhone? iPhone. No company or bad company? Bad company. <laughs> Itchy eyeball or a loose sock down in your shoe where you can't fix it? Loose sock all day. All right. <laughs> False hope or unnecessary anxiety? What was the first one? False hope. False hope. Unnecessary. Unnecessary. No, false hope. False hope. All right. All right. Food truck or a fancy <laughs> restaurant? Fancy restaurant. All right. There we go. I've puked on too many food trucks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's fair. Yeah, you know, I feel like it depends on where you are in the country on whether or not a food truck is a good idea. Because well, I'm been from in places. Illinois, the uh, Mexican yeah. food is fantastic in Elgin, Illinois. Uh, but the problem is, is you eat it one too many times, catch up with you on the food truck. One of those days, it's going to be spoiled. Gotcha. All right. Best Mexican yeah. food I ever had came off a truck in Same California, here, buddy. Same here. There's some California. solid food trucks around here. Mm-hmm. I had never seen a food truck when we moved out there. And now, like these days, they've migrated here and they're everywhere. I know two people who own them. It's like everybody's hopping on with the food truck. Yeah, they're huge now. They got really nice ones. The one I'm used to is old, greasy, rusted. Just, you don't trust it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think it's, you know, it's just, uh, you know, restaurants, there's so much overhead, you know, when you're talking about serving food and stuff and people complain about food prices and stuff, but 
I mean, you look at the overhead that goes into a restaurant, it's pretty, pretty harsh. So just driving around in a little mobile rig, I feel like that probably cuts down a lot on that cost. It's a good point. Yeah, that, when I was a manager for Ruby's, their rent was fifteen grand. Yeah, see, that's nuts, man. Just the rent. Gotta How much you taking out one day though? Wonton tacos for uh, that. Yeah, see, that's the thing. Because on a Friday, Saturday, you could do fifty grand on the the whole day in sales. Yeah, that's so, intense. Yeah crazy well shoot uh john uh i don't know much about you but uh let's hear what your last week or so has been like in your shop what have you been working on um oof, i got a few orders i've been posting some things on um facebook groups specific facebook groups it seems to be paying off i'm getting some orders and uh left and right i got hit with a bunch um i'm working on my first cookery what i'm excited for Ooh! i just finished it today sharpened it up Working on the handle That's for a it. Beast. Customer wants to oh, do yeah. a like a Pokemon theme on here. Customer requests whatever God. they want. You know what I mean? Interesting. My nine year old would love that. <laughs> Working on this guy. This is a, a rough grind right things. now. I like big stuff, man. It's fun. You know? Jeez. I got a bunch of stuff going beast. on right now. Some EDCs, cleaver, you know, just trying to book some more. I think I'm booked out for the next three weeks or so. Yeah, you're one of the few guys making almost exclusively like swords and cleavers and like big fucking blades. Whereas a lot of guys, the biggest blades they make is a chef knife. Like myself, the biggest blade I make is a chef knife right now. Oh, yeah, same here. Yeah. I've made some big choppers and stuff like that, but... Well, that's great, man. You know, you if you want to do what you love, you're you're kind of inspiring yeah. me a little bit. Honestly, I've been <laughs> I've been kind of pigeonholing myself into trying to make what sells. But honestly, those big choppers that I've made, I made a couple of those, and man, those things are so much fun to make. You know, just sort yeah, of man. a style of like the the Jason Knight Elemental Chopper. I've made a couple For like sure. that, and those things are just so fun to make. I mean, there's not much to them. And you just feel badass when you're swinging that thing. Definitely. You know you got to test up. it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I recently <laughs> chopped a golf ball in half with one of them. Oh, nice. I got to try Just because I, I, I felt like making a reel. You would be surprised yeah. at how hard it is to hit a golf ball dead center to where you chop it in half instead of having it fling off somewhere. Man, that, <laughs> right. was, that was tough. But, you know, did it for the gram. So it was, it was worth it. <laughs> I don't do enough. I do like the paper cut videos, but I did one video where I took an old knife and chopped through a nail with it a few times, and that one did pretty good. Mm. I should probably yeah, hold one of those. That one that I split a bolt with did pretty good. Good. That one was ten ninety five. No deflection, mm-hmm. no nothing. It was like I never. It's nice. crazy. I but, need to do more uh, of those torture test ones. Those are fun. So speaking of the long blades and my four foot oven, I've been brainstorming how I'm going to rig this up because you have to be able to heat individual sections at different times so that it's not like way too hot in the back. I was thinking it's probably 
overkill or me simplifying it. But if I did like three or four different sets of coils all run off their own independent PID. So I'd have four PIDs on my box and I'd just set them all to the same temp. Okay. And then you could, I could just shot. piggyback all. Yeah. I'd need eight relays though. Jeez. And four PIDs, four thermal couples. Maybe I'm overthinking it. Well, I feel like there's a simpler way to go about that. Yeah, I, I just don't know what that is. Paragon has a controller that does that, but I don't know how it's wired or hooked up or how to purchase one. Maybe I should message them. Maybe. Because Brian House's kiln will do that. It'll heat up the front if you open the door, but not the back. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Fancy shit. Fancy stuff. Expensive yeah, shit. Yeah, expensive yeah. shit. His has got the argon inlet, so you can hook an argon tank right to your kiln. And it that would be so argon. nice. Yeah, it pumps argon into the chamber, so you can do stainless without foil wrap on it. Yeah, I just finished up that batch of eight using just that no scale from Lawrence, and man, it seems to have worked well. The one thing I will say about that no scale, I've gotten a lot of questions about it, so I appreciate everybody reaching out. Um, but using that no scale on the stainless, it seems to work really good. I think the key is you got to keep it thin. Um, and I know that seems kind of counterintuitive because you want to try and keep as much, you know, barrier between your steel and the oxygen. But as soon as it starts to get thick, it just gets really grainy and it doesn't stick very well. So just like like a really rough finish on the blade to kind of hold the grains to the blade and then keep it nice and thin. Because I had a couple spots where I got a little bit too thick where I had to like touch up or something. And it just kind of like you touch it on something and it just kind of falls off. It just flakes off. But if you keep that nice thin barrier, it works really good. And it, it seemed to have worked really, really well in the heat treating. So um, pretty happy with that stuff. But yeah, I've zero had zero for a while. Oh, that's right. You heat treat out of a forge, don't you? Mm. Yeah. I, forge into my quench, like... into my oven. Yeah. I, I like stainless because I don't have to explain to my customers like care of the blade. You know what I mean? Um, yes. But it is more, it's more expensive to make because the steel's more expensive. My light bill's like on a, on a good month, like 300 bucks a month. Jeez. On a, on a, yeah, I paid a $700 light bill like two months ago. Well, my kiln was running for like two days straight. Like twelve hours, at, yeah. So it 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 was quite the drain, but but with a forge, all you gotta do is go fill your propane tank, and yes, sir, you're good to go. Yeah, yeah. I got some extra propane tanks. I got a gas station right down the street, so it works out nicely. Nice. Do you have any sort of like uh, temperature control or anything uh, to monitor the temp in your forge, or do you just do it off of eyeball? All eyeball. All trial and error. Right on, man. Eyeball and magnets. Magnets, yes, sir. Yep. I'm feeling pretty good about yep. it at this point. I've done it, you know, so many times over the last year and a half. Oh yeah, there's when tons I of guys that heat treat from eye out of their forge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I started oh, yeah. with vegetable oil for the first year, but I'm getting some better results with the Parks 50. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think we probably all started with vegetable oil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I started with peanut oil. Actually, the first blade I ever quenched, I quenched in hydraulic fluid. That stunk. That was gross. I have used motor oil when I first started. This is what I had sitting around. I mixed motor oil and vegetable oil. I was like, oh, let's see what happens. That's a guaranteed way to get cancer. <laughs> it's, yeah. It smells so bad. Yeah. Dad's just going to get a little bit of cancer, Stan. Yeah. <laughs> you like South Park, don't you? I love it. Yeah. I just started watching a new uh, new seasons last night. Nice. Nice. Uh, yeah. I, we It's like a family tradition now. Every time a new episode comes out, we watch it. They're the best, man. I haven't watched so South Park in so always. Long. They're always so yeah. funny. The new episode is about AI. Of course it is. Yeah. <laughs> I, I saw None some clips from the, uh, like the, oh, yeah, the Meghan AI. Markle episode. That looked like it was pretty good. Where they're like going all- on the talk show and saying, we want our privacy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. They move across the street from Stan. Yeah. And they're always outside, like making noise, lighting up fireworks. Right. Nobody pay attention to us. <laughs> yeah. It's so true, man. I love it. Yeah. Nobody does South satire the way that South Park does. Oh, the new episode, man, they friggin' the the guys are sick of their women's shit, is what they said. So they use chat GPT to respond to all the text from their girlfriends. Oh my gosh. And their girlfriends like start worshiping them and then the, like uh, Wendy Stan's girlfriend tells him a secret and he doesn't know what it is because he was he was just having chat GPT respond to the text for him. <laughs> Makes me want to oh, download man. that app. Try it out with the wife. You can just <laughs> use it in the browser, actually. You just you create an account and you can use it right in the browser. It's actually pretty entertaining. Hmm. What you use played around with the AI art? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's that? Uh, he... What you? That's what you used to design my sticker. He made the most. Oh yeah, yeah, sticker. yeah. Oh, that was you. I got okay, that I all right. With and I made a ton of different pieces. I uh, used a couple of them for handles, kind of for themes. You know, like I did with the Zach and me going. Don't cut out on us now. No, oh, I think you I lost you for, for a second. second there. Okay. Yeah. Are you back? Scared. Yeah, I can hear you guys now. Perfect. Okay, cool. Okay. I, I had deja vu. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Well, you guys post this but tomorrow, yeah. too, right? Yeah. Tuesdays? Yeah, so I got to do yeah. all the... There's yeah, no do-overs the... at this point. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, you don't have to cut out too much. I'd have to do a solo, just me talking to the microphone, Bill Burr Yeah, style. right. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. That's got to well, be You'll have to shoot me a, shoot me a DM with that... Uh, that uh, AI art thing. I want to. I want to mess around with that. That one sounds fun for sure. I'm curious about that, dude. I've gotten yeah, so man, many wild. compliments on that sticker. They're like, "That's the best <laughs> sticker in the game." It's That's amazing. So hey, you called it, man. You said type this stuff in. I typed it in. I went through like 20 images. Oh, this one's the best, clearly. Yeah, I want one of Randy Marsh as a swan now. <laughs> I heard you say that. I was gonna try to get it to you before this started, just for a little laugh, but didn't have time. Oh, nice. Nice. If you do, I'll have those made up too. Stick yeah, dude, around, I'll look man. Into it's it. great. I'll fuck around with it tonight. Good stuff. Well, hey, uh, Ryan, I think we probably need to hear from one of our sponsors at this point, don't we? Why don't we just bust out both of them? Why not? Let's do it. Yeah. So we'll do Maritime first. 
Hustle and Grind is sponsored by Maritime Knife Supply. Whether you're looking for steel, abrasives, handle material, forges, epoxy, or anything for making in general, Maritime Knife Supply has you covered. And in the U.S. or Canada, they ship faster than the great Cobra Chicken Gooses that their country is known for. Go to Maritime Knife Supply, and when you buy a 10-pack of belts, get 10% off. And tell them we sent you, eh? Hustle and Grind podcast is sponsored by Phoenix Abrasives, your one-stop abrasive shop. When you go to phoenixabrasives.com, click the shop icon in the upper right-hand corner to find all the abrasives you'll ever need. Check out the Incinerator 36-grit ceramic belts, along with the Trizact gator belts that the hosts of Hustle and Grind use every day. When you check out, use code HUSTLE10 for 10% off your entire order. Thanks, Thanks Luke. Luke. Oh, yeah, I forgot to tell John that we can hear through his microphone during the ads. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, th- I set my mic down here. Did you, were you able to hear stuff or what? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was, it, was a, it was a solid beer opening that we heard or something. Like that <laughs> oh, my bad. You're good. You're good. It's funny. I went inside. It's all good. We're a bunch of flea bags here, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> we're just a. Uh, but yeah, what are we? Sh- a mediocre podcast? I don't know what we are. Uh, <laughs> Gotta start somewhere, right? Yeah, we're just having uh, fun. But yeah, so anyways, quick shout out to I'm our uh, our sponsors, Maritime. Uh, Lawrence Lake is the man. Like I said earlier, he's the one that uh, I got that no scale from for my stainless. I'm going to be using it on my carbon too, and of course, uh, Phoenix abrasives. Um, uh, at the end of this show. Uh, those of you who are our Patreon supporters, um, you will get the opportunity to listen to an after show for the first time ever. You should have already gotten an email, um, but if you didn't see that, our Patreon listeners will now get a after show from every episode. After the end of every every show that we record, I mean, we usually will sit and we'll just kind of talk with our guests for a couple minutes and just kind of wind down. And we're basically just going to hit record on that and we'll have some topics to talk about and um, kind of just give you guys a little bit of extra content, a little bit extra value because we appreciate you guys supporting us through Patreon so much. Um, and so much so that uh, this week uh, we're actually going to share with you my hand sanding secret. Uh, we actually already recorded that um, that after show yesterday. Um because we wanted to make sure we got that done. Um, so that'll be coming out uh, t- Tuesday when this uh, when this episode airs. So you will all get to hear why abrasive companies hate me for this one simple trick. There'll be two after shows that come out on Tuesday, but every other week there'll be one. Yes, because of the technical difficulties that we've been dealing with so the one that we recorded yesterday and then we'll record an after show with john here as well so you'll get two after shows so double the value yeah double the fun or double yeah the chaos or whatever it is that we provide some of the best content we've ever had never got recorded and it was in the after you know what i mean because we're just sitting here shooting the shit and we know nobody's going to hear it and at least like the Patreon, I'm sure every, we'll hold back a little bit, but it's past the paywall. So it's like everybody who loves us. So they don't, they won't care. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. If you're if you're supporting us via Patreon, you know who we are. You know what we're about. You know that we're mechanics. You know what you're gonna hear, and it's all okay. With that, let's do a little bit of Florida Man action. John, are you are you you're familiar with the the Florida Man segment, right? Very much. I also lived in Florida for a couple of years. Oh, so you've had firsthand experience. Firsthand. <laughs> All right. So you actually have like a little extra edge in this game here. <laughs> it could so, be. Could so be. I've got I've got three stories here. Uh, and each one is a true story. It really happened. It's a news uh, article. And it either happened in Florida or it happened somewhere else. And so you guys need to tell me where in the world is Florida man. We begin. Police respond to cat stuck in tree. Find coked out African serval instead. What's a Animal serval? Could, it's like a, it's uh, it's it's like a leopard. Oh, okay. Like like a large predatory cat on coke. Excellent. <laughs> so like the uh, the movie that just came out with the bear. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that was one of the comments on this news article. Was wait, yeah, are we but... gonna get a co- cocaine leopard now? Or <laughs> it's another. Anyway, so uh, animal control officers said that uh, this uh, cat escaped when his owner was pulled over by the police. Uh, the big cat leapt from the car into the tree. The county dog wardens responded to reports of a quote leopard in a tree around two a.m. They retrieved a, a Miri. The the cat's name is a Miri, apparently and brought him to the organization's facility. The organization's medical team looked over the big cat, who'd suffered a broken leg during the retrieval. They also performed a DNA test, which determined the cat was a serval, not a leopard, and that he had been exposed to cocaine. How much do you want to bet that they tranquilized it while it was in the tree and it broke its leg in the fall? Oh, probably. (laughs) What are you going to climb up there and put a bag over its head? You got to trank it. Yeah. Well, you gotta have a trampoline underneath it just in case. Like I'm not, a video I'm not climbing up a, a tree up, a, up after a leopard. Personally, I don't, I don't <laughs> care how much I'm getting paid by the county. I think that was Florida. It's either Florida or Texas, but I'm gonna go with Florida. All right, gentlemen, you are both going with the coked out cat was from Florida. Mm-hmm. Final answer. It is. Ohio. Oh, wow. See, and here's the thing. Uh, This was sent in by Pickle. So thanks, Nick. Uh, There has been an ungodly amount of weird stories coming out of Ohio. And like, don't get me started on. I was like, don't get me started on train (laughs) derailments or anything like that. But just like, just like the weird, like Florida man type headlines that I've been getting from Ohio is just nuts. It's some weird stuff. Uh, I don't know what's yeah. going on up there, but I mean, some of this predates, you know, poisonous gases in the air. So we can't blame it on that. Like, uh, yeah, some interesting stuff going on there. So anyways, <clears throat> you are both incorrect, but we're going to move on. Cause you have two more chances. <laughs> Naked man on crystal meth bites 28 people in a Walmart store. A naked man caused quite a commotion in a Walmart supercenter this morning when he randomly bit dozens of customers while barking and screaming. 
29 <laughs> year old Michael Kruger entered the store naked and visibly intoxicated around 9:30 a.m. He immediately began running around the supercenter, jumping on some of the customers and savagely biting them. Bruce Davis, an employee who witnessed the attack, said the aggressor looked like he was possessed or infected with rabies. He was running around like a maniac. He was drooling a lot and biting people. He looked like a rabid animal. He kept barking like a dog and yelling stuff about the Vatican being out to get him. Now that's either bath salts or he identifies as Cujo. Hmm. Do you guys believe that this methed out person who who might have been uh, possessed by a demon based on the Vatican being after him uh, was a Florida man oh. or someone else? Jeez, that's, that's a, a tough one. one. That could definitely be Florida, but it could also definitely be anywhere else in America. Hmm. 20 people. Wow. That's impressive. Uh, yeah. 28. That is. 28. 28. If, if we were doing fake news right now, you guys would be picking this story because 28 would be a ridiculous number for somebody to bite people in a store. Like, yeah, I probably like I would have toned that down. Like the one where the guy was cutting off man buns. The original story said like 37 and I like toned it down to like 14 or something like that because I figured that was too unbelievable. I would have toned this one down. 28 a lot of people to bite. Like that's some serious like meth. That's nobody a, knew jujitsu. I'm saying, like he must have just been running like nobody, through a line, biting everybody. Our, I our, guess. Our, like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> I'm gonna go with Florida I'm again. Dark naked as well. <sighs> ah shit! Just because you said meth, and that's my whole thing. <laughs> I'm gonna go with. I'm going to go with Maine. Just throwing a curveball. Throwing a curveball, going with Maine. If that did happen in Maine, it was in Lewiston. Well, it didn't happen in Lewiston because uh, it happened in Ohio. Ohio. (laughs) Again? Should have (laughs) guessed. I tried to tell you guys. I I tried to give you a little hint about what was going on. So thank you from uh, to uh, Jeremy from Four One Nine Forging, who is from Ohio, uh, throwing us the uh, the naked man on crystal meth biting twenty eight people. Uh, that reminds me of that video that circulated on the internet of the woman in Walmart yelling at the guy. She was like, "The Brotherhood Which is one? coming, motherfucker! I'm trying to help <laughs> you, motherfucker!" Yeah. She's a legend. Yeah. Mm. All right, we got one more. Uh, so far, it is one to John and zero Ryan. Here's your chance. Man flies Learjet with excavator like a toy plane. This excavator operator took the aircraft for one last ride while probably doing airplane noises. The video shows an excavator at a scrapyard with a Boeing 707 ready to be scrapped, going for one last ride as the operator spins it around and likely making airplane noises in the cab. I saw the video of that. It was really funny. (laughs) Did you see any palm trees? No, I don't remember that much detail. Yeah, see, I figured figured everybody's probably seen this one, but you might not remember where it it was. It's pretty funny. It's like a big excavator, and the guy has the plane in the in the in the claw, and he's literally just like spinning around and just like 
going up and down and like it, it looks like a kid playing in the bathtub with an right. airplane or something Whee! but it's yeah, a giant excavator <laughs> um i think there's a trend here i'm gonna go ohio yeah i'm gonna go ohio <laughs> as well <laughs> i don't think i've ever done one with all three of them in one state uh i'm not saying that's what i didn't do but you guys are both going ohio I'll go Florida just to keep my trend going. Okay. John, final answer. Ohio. Ohio. Ohio, final answer. Ryan, you brought it back here at the end. That was Florida. <laughs> Do my right. knee face. We got we 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 tied it up <laughs> yeah. there at the end. One one. Good job, guys. I got to throw at least one Florida in there. I guess I, sh- I probably shouldn't have put it at the end. I usually I at least have one Florida in there. I guess it's you been a while, though, it. honestly. Uh, it's been a while. I actually uh, we've been doing a lot of fake news because people keep sending me stories and then I Google them and I'm like, that's fake. I can't. Oh, OK. I guess we're doing fake news this week. <laughs> well, that's OK. I like fake news, too. That's a lot of fun. It's, yeah, it's amazing sure. just like how believable people will make stories to where people send them to me like, oh, yeah, here's a good one. It's like, that's not even real, bro. Like, it's not you even never like know. All the mainstream true. shit is fake nowadays. Yeah, it's all fake news. Yeah, fake <laughs> news. That's why that's why your actual fake news stories are so believable. It's uh, it's conditioning. Yeah. Right on, guys. Well, there we go. Good job on uh, on Florida, man. Thanks. We did good. Uh, Ryan, what's been going on in your shop this week? I haven't talked about you. Uh, I tuned in my bandsaw, and I, I put your, a new uh, blade on it. Got, did you get your, uh, your keyway figured out? Oh yeah, that was figured out five minutes after I f- discovered it. It was just three. You just got that, stock. Right? Yeah, yeah. I met up with James the Squid. Yeah, it was uh, like I was like, man, it's not cutting, and I'm like, what the fuck? F- figured out the keyway. I'm like, all right, it's it turns now, but it's still not cutting. So I I put a new blade on it. It came with a bunch of blades, but I was like, fuck it, I'll just buy the blade I want and put it on it, and. uh I was ripping down 10 inch thick half rounds Jeez. Of, of curly maple the other day, just pushing it right through. It's amazing. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, dude. My, it's got the riser block on it. So it's normally a 14 inch, but the riser gives you four more inches. Wow. Yeah, four you more deal with a lot of burrow recently, huh? Yeah, I've got Make quite a own. bit. Yeah, well, Maine's a logging state, and I fix chainsaws mm. for a living. So I I know uh, a lot of people who cut wood, and so every time I see a woodcutter, I'm like, "Hey, if you come across any burls," and a lot of times they're like, "Yeah, I got one in my truck right now," and I didn't know what to nice. do with it. And I was like, <laughs> "Like I've got a there's a red oak burl on the floor right behind me. It's probably 300 pounds." Wasn't there like a reality a TV show a while ago? Where like people were going out and like trying to find burls and stuff like that. Yeah, burl like... hunter or something. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I watched like one episode of it. and I was like, don't get me wrong, I love burl, but this is really like a cable TV show. Like, come on. I'm just I I 
stumbled into it through knife making because it makes sense for me to stabilize my own handle material for one, because I'm cheap and it's way less money to just do it yourself after you buy all the stuff. And two, I have like unlimited access to all these, like I burn wood in the shop and the guy that sells me my firewood saves me pieces like of wood. He's splitting that once he splits it open, you can see it's curly or quilted or whatever the grains funky. And he sets those aside for me. I have a soft spot for quilted maple, I gotta say. You want some? You got quilted maple? Dude, I got probably 100 pounds of it. Damn. Still in log form. I gotta rip it down, but yeah, dude. The whole upstairs, that's all I do with the upstairs is I stack wood up there and I just leave it. And it dries. So, I, I just like, obviously, I have a problem when it comes to buying wood, but I have like two or three blocks that I've bought and I just I have no idea what knife I'm ever going to put them on, but I, I'm just going to keep them. And I've gotten one that's like, you know, the, the two-tone Koa wood where it's like half heartwood and then half the outer. Mm-hmm. So it's like half dark and half light. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's something about that that just does it for me. So I've got a set of scales that I got from uh, from Ryan Moeller that were those two-tone. And I'm keeping those. Like I'm not putting like... When somebody, you know, puts in an order, like I don't, I don't give those as like an option because I just want to save them because I'm weird and I'm a hoarder. And then I have a block uh, that I got from Kieran, Kieran's Koa. That's that same stuff. And then I think it's, is it Phoenix knife handles? Um, He does his own stabilizing and Mm -hmm. he does some crazy good, like depth of colors and stuff. And I have a block of quilted maple from him. That's like this vivid blue and it's just these deep deep curls that you can see in it of this quilted maple and uh yeah those are just sitting in my drawer and and i don't know if i'm ever going to put them on a knife because i just love them so much there's i'm just going to hoard them i'm like a dragon with gold there's i don't have a use for it i'm just going to keep it i need some guinea pigs i sent uh tortuga brian henningkamp bought some micarta off me and i sent him a couple blocks to be my guinea pig um, but that like all that silver maple I've been posting that I've been stabilizing, I have like 300 of those blocks. Jeez. I'd be happy to volunteer as your guinea pig. I know you I'll shouldn't say you this some. on the, you shouldn't say Please this on the do. podcast. You're going to get plenty of people volunteering for that. We're all a bunch <laughs> yeah, of wood right. whores. I've found enough right here. There's two guys and I sent some to another guy and I use it. So nobody <laughs> message me, please. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right. No DMs. You Jesus. snooze, you lose. Yeah, uh, I'm excited for that oak once that gets slabbed up. We were supposed to go out last weekend and do it, but it snowed, and then it's whatever. It's my buddy. I you take just start selling email. scales? I don't know. People have been approaching me because I've been posting them, and it's really beautiful wood. And, it is, um, and you have it at your fingertips, it seems, so you might as well make a little extra money there. Yeah, I was kind of thinking that. Like, I can only use so much in the shop, and right now I've just been hoarding it and, like, accumulating it. Like... I don't know. It's on the other side of the room, but I got a whole, I got DVD racks that are full of blocks that are all nice. Sit. Yeah. Knew those DVD racks would come in handy at some point. My <laughs> wife was throwing them away and I was like, don't get rid of those. Give me that. <laughs> I knew right what I needed them for too. Perfect. Well, for fucking you blocks. pretty much do all your stabilizing without taking up too much time away from your knife making. Right? Like, I mean, you just yeah. got vacuum pots just running. Yeah, just stabilizing. Those... It's it's like a a game of patience. 
because yeah. you don't want to like you don't want to so like i've experimented with like shutting it off and letting it soak in and then turning it back on and um i found that not doing that is the best practice and just let it run until the bubbles stop um but a pressure pot is crucial it makes a humongous difference so they run under vacuum and there's like no prep time. You just put them in there and dump the goo over it and weight them down. And I say goo, but the cactus juice. I like goo better. Yeah. And I keep mine in a separate container so I can just lift the container out and put it in the vacuum pot. Oh, nice. That's a solid move. Saves cleanup yeah. time and everything. I'll bet. Yeah. It's hard on the pumps. I've gone through. I'm on my third cheap pump. And this one I've already repaired once. Do you do you drain the oil after every cycle? Not every cycle. Because I've heard that the, the the vapor from the, the stabilizing agent gets in there and it'll get in the oil and you got to change it pretty often. Otherwise, it it starts to do the opposite of what oil is supposed to do. Oh, it looks gnarly, dude. I almost Does sent it? you a picture when I opened my pump last time. It, yeah, it's like rust hard goo. Yeah. Gets in the pump. And it's interesting because when I open the pump up, the fins that create the suction are G10. Are they really? Yeah. That's interesting. I had no idea. Yeah. They're like spacer sized cool. little piece. Yeah. With springs behind them. On mine, the springs broke. So it was like making like a cra cra noise. And I was like, what the fuck is that? And I took it apart. <laughs> you like, you like my impression. I loved it. That was great. <laughs> so uh so so john if you're making scales like you were you're showing us a minute ago what sort of system do you have for for making scales um so i have some my, my wife is into resin art so uh she got started into that i kind of dipped into it a little bit uh experimented played around until i found a process that works for me so basically i'll take a block or some scales to a bandsaw. I'll put edges. I don't know how to explain it. I can show you, but you have audio listeners. Basically, I cut up the wood a little bit enough to where I can put it in the mold. And in the middle, there's a gap. But both sides okay. of the wood are all roughed up and spiked. So it looks like it's kind of like blasting sure. through the handle itself. Almost anyway, like a, so I'll, okay. Yeah. Right. Similar so to I'll a lot Similar to like a live edge, but you're creating the live edge essentially. Right. So I'll okay. lay a base layer of resin down, whatever color, just so after I put the image in there and then the wood, when I grind it flat or sand it flat, the image doesn't get erased. So basically I'll nice. lay the layer down, then the wood blocks with the image underneath it. If there's any gaps I have to fill with some dye, some color, I'll go ahead and do that. Let it harden. and It's actually pretty easy. Nice. And you don't have any issues with air bubbles? No, I've gotten it down pat with that. Um, As long as you're very smooth with the stirring of the resin and you do it in the proper temperature, all the air bubbles rise to the top and that gets ground away anyways. So it works out perfectly. Nice. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I've seen a lot of really, really cool stuff with people doing like logos and stuff like that under resin. Um. I've seen guys do it with like the they'll take like beer cans and still so have yeah. like a bush light handle or something like that. And right, like, right. That's it's a, it's a cool cool way to go. But um, yeah, you can theme anything. What, 
what uh, what grit do you sand to to get uh, to where it's polished and perfectly clear to where you can see the image underneath? Ten thousand. So ten thousand. I'll take it on the grinder uh, up into a uh, thousand, and then I'll move it to hand sanding. That's the only hand sanding I do. I don't hand sand the blades. I, I don't have time or patience for that. But I will hand sand the resin to get it crystal clear. I also just bought a buffer, which kind of stips, skips a bunch of process. So now I'm not even doing hand sanding. I'm just taking it right to the buffer after I hit the thousand grit. Nice. Okay, cool. Yeah, lots of practice, nice. trial and error. But yeah, it's fun. I got it down. That's Are you awesome afraid of your buffer yet? Not yet, but I've heard some horror stories. So I'm trying <laughs> to aim it properly to if it shoots that direction. There you go. There you go. Yeah. I still haven't tried out that buffing belt that I bought. I bought it and I haven't used it yet, but I definitely want to. Um, that black felt from Phoenix. Um, I'll probably, I'm actually. And that's for a two by 72. Yes, sir. Yeah. It's just a big fat felt belt. So, um, but apparently you can hit it with compound and I really like the thought of it because you can control the speed. Um, but I'm actually, and this is kind of exciting for me. I'm actually going to finish a knife pretty soon here. So uh, I'll be able to, I only buff the handles. I don't buff knives. Um, so once I finish that blade, I'll be able to to, to buff it. Um, I've just kind of been in a, a slump of not being able to get anything finished, um, whether that's for mental block reasons or whatever exactly it is. Um, but I'm pretty excited to, to finish a knife here soon and get that delivered. Um, but yeah, I'm going to try out that Buffy belt on there. Cause my buffer does scare me cause I've had a couple close calls. <laughs> yeah. I've had some close calls. I was thinking about, I have one of them buffing belts too, and I haven't tried it. And, uh, I was thinking about trying it on my Kydex cause you use the oh. buffer to make the edges of the Kydex shiny. Yes. But on, I use like a cotton wheel and I find that the little strands of cotton get stuck in the Kydex and I don't like mm-hmm. it. And so I was going to try that out. I really like the, like the airway buffing wheels. Um, have you seen those where it's like a folded fabric that's crimped together with like a stamp steel, uh, center hub. Yeah. It looks and, like a dishcloth. Yeah. Kind of like that. Um, they're man, they're, they're tough to get used to when you first get them. But after a while they buff so much faster than like a regular cotton and they don't deflect side to side. If you accidentally bump them weird, so in that respect, they're maybe a touch safer feeling. Um, but I use one of those on my Kydex, and it's the same thing. You'll get that whatever color buffing wheel you'll use. Like, I think I have a red one on there right now. You'll get, like, this kind of red film or miniature threads that'll get into that Kydex, and you kind of got to either, you know, I use uh, acetone for everything. Just kind of clean it off with acetone or get that weird staining out of there. But with that black felt belt, you probably wouldn't have that issue. I don't have a varial speed yet, so one of these days. Oh yeah, you're go. You're one of them savages, dude. I don't know how you guys do full speed all the time. Uh, uh, oh man, that oh, scares I know, the shit point. out of me. <laughs> I know you're so used to it, but like, mm-hmm. I'm, I. The only time I'm going full speed is on 36 grit, and then the rest I slow it right down. I'm like, mm-hmm. fuck, you guys are crazy. It's definitely on the list. Balls out. That's nuts. <laughs> yeah, it comes in handy to be able to slow it down, but 
I couldn't yeah. imagine using like a Scotch Bright, like oh jeez, a Scotch Bright on a hundred. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that would be sketch, yeah. man. I knew that because we talked about leather belts, and leather belts yes. shouldn't be run at full speed. Yeah, I was just gonna say. I mean, you probably could, but get it. yeah, they. You probably could run at full speed, but I wouldn't because they wobble wicked. I mean, I should probably post a video about it. Everyone I've had, I've had a couple of them, and they all do it. It's just a cut strip of leather that they glue together. Yeah, get a slow motion all reel right. with some funky music. <laughs> Wiggling all over the place. I've never yeah. actually seen a, a, a 2x72 leather belt. Uh, I've got a leather strapping belt that I bought way back in the day for my 1x30. And initially, I threw away my 1x30 when I got my 2x72. And then I was like, wait a second. And I picked it up back out of the garbage can, and I just run my leather belt on that. So when I'm sharpening, I've got my 2x72 with whatever belt I'm doing there. And then I turn around, pick up my little 1x30 with the leather belt on there, and then I use that that strapping belt on the 1x30. Phoenix carries the 2x72 strapping belts. Actually, they're cheaper on Phoenix than anywhere else I've seen. Everywhere else, they're like 75 bucks on Phoenix. I think they're 49 Something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think Amazon was like 60 bucks. Yeah. They're not cheap. I almost bought it. Does yours does your grinder have is it uh plate mount or is it grind like bench mount for the motor? Bench mount. Bench mount. Yeah. OBM. What horsepower? What horsepower are you um, I don't even know for certain. <laughs> I don't know anything about motors. I just bought it off the website. I think, I think their single speed is like a one and a half. Something like that. That's enough. I've got a one horse. Yeah, I've got a one horse motor I was limping my grinder with when my VFD went down. And I mean, one horse is enough if you're not really leaning into it. Yeah, but it never bottoms out blade. on me. Um, before it bottoms What's out. drive wheel? Uh, four. Yeah, it's pretty hard to bog down a motor with a four. Um, once I upgraded to like a seven inch drive wheel, that one you can, if you're really getting into it, you can kind of bog it down a little bit, but man, with that four, four inch drive wheel, I mean, there's no bogging anything down with that thing. It just turns. And what, the bigger the wheel, the faster it goes, right? Yeah. Yeah. No. But you lose your your torque reduction when you're uh, when you're mm -hmm. running that bigger wheel. You got higher speed, less torque. Uh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So like I'm running a three horse with a seven inch wheel, and I can slow it down if I push hard enough. I'm never pushing that hard, but if I wanted <laughs> to, I could. A seven horse. Uh, sorry, a, a seven inch on a three horse, and you can still bog it down. That's nuts. Yeah, if I took like a quarter inch thick bar and put it on my stomach and leaned into it, I could bog it down. Mm -hmm. You still breaking belts? Belts? No, actually, now that you bring it up, I ain't broken a belt since that one that hit me in the hand. Any changes? I did. I changed where the gas strut was located. <clears throat> so I gave it less pressure. So it's only like expanding a little bit to tension the belt. And uh, maybe that was my issue. Maybe I was putting yeah, too much pressure solved. on the seam. Yeah. 
you get pretty gun shy. You get hit in the face two or three times in a couple months. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I, I, that, that's the one thing that I kind of had to to relearn a little bit. I got a couple comments on a reel that I posted of me grinding some bevels of how low down my my grinder is. Well, on the the Ameribraid, it the whole platen sits a lot lower than it did on my Revolution. So I kind of had to relearn a little bit the way that I grind my bevels. And it actually, it kind of worked out in my favor because I've always known that I had really poor posture when I was, when I was grinding bevels before. And with it being lower Mm. down, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm forced to keep my back straight and just kind of trust. I know where my bevels are at as I'm grinding and it actually worked out pretty well. My my neck didn't hurt or anything after I was done, you know, grinding for a few hours. Uh, but that was a big difference in just kind of forcing me to learn a better way to mm-hmm. grind my bevels. Yeah. I like when I'm grinding bevels, I like the grinder low because I like to look at the line in between the belt and the edge of your blade. You know what I mean? You can see down into it. That's where I'm grind, watching. Yeah. And you, you grind edge up? Yeah. So I'm, I'm looking straight down the top of the platen when I'm grinding. Right. And which is probably why I get hit in the face when the belts break. Yes. Um, exactly. But what, when I have like my small wheel and stuff on, I want that higher up. So that's why I bought the pedestal. Like I've got my shredder on a pedestal that's tall. So mm-hmm. when I'm when I'm doing like small wheel stuff, it's almost like chin level. So I can just, you know what I mean? See what I'm doing so better. you use two different grinders? Two different Yeah, I've got two, I've got two different grinders. <clears throat> nice. So what I did for that is because usually when I'm using a small wheel, I'm doing some pretty fine work. I'm kind of cleaning up a choil or um, a lot of times on like my shotgunners, if I'm using like a slack belt on the bottom, I'm trying to, you know, pay attention to exactly what's happening. I actually just grabbed a stool and I sat down. And I found that that's a lot easier than trying to bend over and, you know, cause I don't have that pedestal to keep it up where, where you like it, Ryan. And sitting down, actually, I don't, I can't grind bevel sitting down, but for doing all that fine finishing work and everything, sitting down actually worked really well for me. Yeah. Who else? Uh, Mareko grinds sitting down, doesn't he? I don't know if he always does, but I know I've heard him say that he's, he's done that before. I've seen a couple guys tilt the platens towards them and sit in like an office chair. Yeah, I couldn't do that. I couldn't. It has to be straight up and down for me. You guys ever use a tilt table? Yep, I've got the true tilt. Yeah. Yep. The mini cleavers I do, I use that for bevels. Mm. It works good. Nice. Have you hooked it? Yeah, I like it. Um, I don't use it for like my chef knives or anything like that, but. if I have to grind a dagger, like the ninja mm. star I made, I use the true tilt to grind it. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Oh, yeah. That's so cool. Have you tested it out yet? Oh, yeah, she sticks. <laughs> How many holes do you have in your wall now? Um, I forgot <laughs> that my garage door is foam. And my brother was oh, over and I, he's like, he's like, does it stick into stuff? And I hucked it at the garage door and it poked out the other side. And I was like, oh, uh, man, shit. <laughs> whoopsie. But I got a good response out of those. I was surprised. But I'm not. You, you Everybody orders. loves Ninja Stars, man. No solid orders yet. Um, 
but a couple people were like, I would buy those. But in order to, for it to be worth it, Noah and I talked about it. I would have to charge like one, 175 for like three of them. Oh, okay. Which is a lot, which that, is kind of a lot fine. for throwing for three of them. Yeah. Yeah. You get three it's of them in their handmade throwing. Stairs. Yeah. It's not, yeah. it's not like Amazon soft steel. These are 1095. Right. You uh, I angle bet that, grind cut them or? Yeah. I drill the holes first and then mm-hmm. cut it out with an angle grinder mm-hmm. and shape okay. it. Okay. Yeah. They're paying for yeah. the BA factor, man. <laughs> those things are, I don't know. Those things are awesome. They were a lot harder to grind than I anticipated. Like when I was, because I have a it cheap one. Like I have it. an Amazon one. And I was like looking at it and I'm like, ah, oh, that ain't shit. And then uh, I start grinding it, and I'm like, oh, I have to do 10 different double bevels. <laughs> yeah, right. And they all have to look the same. I actually, they need to be balanced, too. So I bought, they, they're they for lawnmower blades, but it's like a cone that sits on a needle. And you can set it over it. And if it tilts one way or the other, it's heavier. So I can nice. balance them out. Yeah, it's on the way. So... I mean, we're not talking about just like silly little toys here. We're talking about precision instruments that are that are balanced properly. I mean, that's oh yeah. If you're yeah. gonna sell handmade ninja stars or throwing knives, you have to know <laughs> yeah. how to balance them. That's uh, awesome. Anybody who's even like fucked around throwing a knife, if it's not balanced, it's like oh, that's worthless. You know, I've thrown axes. Actually, no, I've thrown knives because when I was testing out my shotgunners, I tested out that different steel and i started hucking it up against the wall quite a few times that was fun glock knife makes a nice throwing blade nice glock glock knife yeah like the austrian company i didn't know they made knives um, oh, here. i i, I think this this is the first first guest we've had that that has spent as much time out of his chair as as in it <laughs> so my uncle was a marine i lived with him for a while in vegas and i didn't have shit to do so all i did all day was shoot bows and throw knives this makes a fantastic throwing knife all purpose but also throws very nice oh nice, nice. Right kind of like a kind of like a k-bar like a little k-bar yeah i don't know I we'll have- see if, pe- if people start buying them i'll start making them like i'm a whore for money <laughs> you know what I mean? So if somebody was like, yeah, I'll take some. I'll make them. Fuck it. I, I, I'd like to stick to a five point because I think if I go up to like an eight point, that's going to be really difficult to grind because of like if you've got. Oh, yeah. One point. I can imagine over the platen. You know what I mean? Like that one, there was enough room for the platen to not be in the way when you're doing the bevels. Yeah, I could see that getting real complicated real fast with more points. Mm-hmm. Do a couple three point. Try that out. Yeah, I've had, several, I've had several requests for throwing knives before, and nobody ever wants to pay handmade money. You know what I mean? Like even like one seventy five yeah. for a set of three, when you could go on Amazon and buy like Chinesium ones for twenty bucks for twelve. And of the them. tip breaks off. Yeah, I've had yeah, some cheap they're ones. They're gonna throw them once and then put them in a drawer. So just depends on what people are looking for. Yeah. It's always fun to screw around with new stuff. That's what's the most fun. 
I was getting bored because I like I when you start when you start selling knives, you notice that people buy knives based off previous knives that you've made. So you end up making the same ones over and over and over again. And sometimes you got to throw some like little side fun projects in there. For sure. Absolutely. It's fresh. Like a throwing. You don't want to get bored. Yeah. Yeah. I, it literally took me a half hour to like make it like make the profile and then you got to heat treat. So that's kind of a process, but then grinding it, it took me like another hour to grind it hour and a half. Cause I, I ground it straight to, yeah, I ground it straight to 120. I, I mean, it's only three thirty seconds thick, so it's not. And I just on the true tilt. True tilt works great. Yeah, I'm gonna try it out. Wife bought it for me. Haven't used it yet. I'm a creature of habit, so once I get used to something, I don't want to mix it up. You know, I found a good process. I'm gonna use it though eventually. Yeah, do like a test blade because it is a little different Mm -hmm. than your traditional grinding. Yeah, but because you're like sliding up the table and going into it, right? Um, I watched a ton of videos on it. Yeah. Brent makes it look easy. Mine together. I still have I just... mine in a drawer. I still haven't set it up on an arm. Mm-hmm. I got to buy a I'm a horrible board. human being. <laughs> you said I you need an arm for it? Yeah, I got to buy another arm for it. What do the OBMs take? Are they the square stock, the aluminum? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. How long do you need? Um, I have one and a half foot, something like that. The uh, arms that they I sell at OBM, the way I have it set up right now is it's it's too long, the ones they give you, so I'd have to cut it anyway. So that's another reason why I haven't used it yet. I've just been not wanting to cut it up, set it up, you know. Yeah. If you, so the where the belt passes down below the table, if you mm-hmm. grind off, in in that channel you can gain a couple extra degrees for like doing chef okay. knives and stuff yeah i was doing everything freehand i just upgraded to the tool rest which is nice nice upgrade there yeah that's how i grind off a of work rest i still haven't been able to do that i might try it at some point i did get that nice little tool rest from a mirror braid that would probably work pretty well for that i just i do all my grinding at an angle so like all of my plunge lines, they're all at an angle. So everything's oh, angled you're, forward. You're one of these guys. Yes. Oh. Yeah. And I have no idea why. I always started that way. And like from an artistic standpoint, I know why, because of the way that I I think about kind of the I don't know, my my mantra with making my knives and everything like that. But I don't know when it started. Like that's just kind of the way it started, and I've always done it that way. I've never ever done a flat plunge line interesting i have to make a conscious effort to tilt my blades up or else because if you look at my plunge lines they're all straight because i grind off the work rest but if i want a curved one i have to like really think about it it's like not muscle memory for me at this point which is why it's it's the opposite for me so i couldn't i almost couldn't grind off of a work rest just for that reason it's weird Um, how we all develop our own little nuances to grinding like i suck using a jig like a bolt-on jig i can't fucking grind with a jig to save my life um i'm a little better freehand and then i get the results i want off a work rest and it's just weird how everybody there's no correct way to do it 
I haven't used the jig as yet. long as you get as long as you get even even results that's all that matters speaking of yeah, even yeah. even bevels um i recently actually just the other day um got the new um oh what's the term for it the the scribe you know the the scribe marker from uh spruce hill studios um ah. he's got these sweet little 3d printed uh scribe holders that work for uh, scribing your center line in your blades and i just picked that up or i just got it in the mail the other day and i did a little test with it and it's a pretty slick little unit i um, used mine today too it's super slick it was awesome and my i got to show my kid because my kid's a little bit obsessed with like the idea of 3d printing we got him a uh, like mm -hmm. a 3d printing pen for christmas so it's like this little pen that melts the filament as you're using it and you can like draw things and like make 3d objects with it and so eventually I'm going to have to get him a 3d printer cause he's really into that. So being able to show him like a finished product of something that was useful, that was a tool yeah. that somebody had 3d printed was really cool. He loved it. And I've used it uh, a couple times and it seems to work really well. I'm going to use it a bunch more on that batch of eight cause they're all stock removal knives. Um, so that'll be super easy to just be able to scribe my lines with that and be able to have nice, even bevels for those steak knives that I'm making. So shout out to Spruce Hill Studios, Will from Maine. Yep, another Maine boy. 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 Yeah, Will's cool. I got one. They're awesome. And they're really good quality too. Like the screw that tightens down your scribe has like a brass insert. It's not threaded into plastic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's got a nice knob on the top of it and everything that you can grab onto really easily. And yeah, it seems like a really nice product. Um, so I they think send me a pick later. offering those. Yeah, I will. for yeah. sure. I will. Um, the I think it was the last reel I posted where I um, was kind of just <laughs> just showing off the, the chaos in my shop. Um, you can see it uh, in that. So you just take a you know, slab of marble or whatever, slap your blank down on there. All, some people will use like a dicum. Uh, I use just a fat Sharpie and I'll just paint the edge of my blade. I'll get it to a, you know, a decent finish and then I'll paint the edge of my blade and then just scribe it down the center with that. And I do it one on one side and then one on the other side. So if it's not perfectly centered, then you have two lines and you know that your center is in between those two lines. And uh, that way you know you're getting nice, even bevels on both sides. So you can just kind of have that reference point as you're grinding. Oh, super shell. nice to have. I use uh cheap markers from the dollar store because it's like a thick Chinese ink. Oh, and it, okay. It, it sticks better than Sharpie. Right. Yeah, I use these uh, markers. My wife uses for the resin art. I'm not sure what they are, but they work well. Yep. I, di I didn't like Dicom because it took so long to dry. And I'm like, I don't have time for this shit. Whoop, whoop. And Sharpie stays right on while mm -hmm. you're grinding. Yeah. Um, Why do people like to use Dicom? I don't know. What's the advantage? I don't know. Because it does flake off. I mean, if you're would, rubbing on it. I would it love to know. I'm genuinely curious. Yeah. So if somebody's out there and they know or they use Dicom, I know a lot of stock removal guys use it. And it seems like a decent marking compound. I just I don't understand the, the advantage of that. I mean, maybe maybe it goes on more even than like Sharpie does. Which it does. Um, but it also... I don't mark my bevels, so I don't set myself a goal for where my grind lines are going to end. Right. Um, because I find it leads to disappointment. 
<laughs> so I just yeah. I just stopped doing it and I find a lot of guys that use Dykem do that, which it makes sense because it's a large flat area and you can get a nice crisp line on it. But I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm sure we'll find out. Yep. What do you guys say we wrap this up, get to the after show? Sounds good, man. And we'll do a little Patreon and then play us out. Goodbye, Thanks everybody. for having me, boys. Yeah, man, it was a good Thanks one. Thanks for coming on, man. Yes, sir. Thanks You're for listening, listening, guys. to the Hustling Grind podcast. A podcast for all the makers out there hustling and grinding every day to turn their dreams into reality. If you'd like to show your support, you can go to patreon.com backslash hustling grind. And for as little as $1 a month, you can help us all keep hustling and grinding. And remember, every time H&G gets a new patron, an angel gets its wings. (laughs) Have a good week, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye.